Hello, welcome to He's Hot But Something's Off with me, Just Joey T. Fall has officially descended on Los Angeles. It's, uh, what was it, in the low 80s today? But definitely, it's gone quite a bit cooler overnight. And uh, I run cold most of the time. So the ideal temperature for me, um, if I'm not exercising or running around or whatever is like high 70s and for a lot of people sitting around in your house when it's 77 78 degrees that's warm no one sets their thermostat to that well they actually recommend i think for energy saving for um people to set their ac thermostat to 78 in the summertime if you live somewhere warm because i think that's where most people will feel just uncomfortable enough where uh they they'll notice how warm it is but not so uncomfortable that they feel like they're melting um a lot of people i know white people will set the thermostat to 71 in the summer and it's and it's freezing so if i visit someone some white person's house and they have ac and i you know i'm inside after a while i get cold but where I come from in Hong Kong, they have this concept of an air conditioning jacket where it, when it's warm, which is most of the time over there, uh, the weather is quite warm most of the time and it's also humid. Most indoor places have, every indoor place has AC, like 100%. And basically you're going from such warm weather outside and when you go inside, AC is always so cranked up that sometimes you have a light jacket you bring with you because it's so cold inside. I'm thinking, why don't they just not crank the AC up so much? Just dial it down a couple notches. But I run cold usually. So in warm weather, I do well. Literally, there are, unless it's really, really warm outside, like it's in the 90s or like 100 or something, that's where I'll have AC. But if I'm in the house and it's 73 degrees and I'm not doing it, but in the house, you're just sitting there. I'm, I'm not exercising. If it's 73 degrees in the house, I'm cold and I'll put on a jacket. So that's the kind of weather we're in. That's how I know it's fall when I wake up in the morning and I'm cold. I need to wear sweatpants. I need to wear a jacket, a hoodie, something like that. But in the winter time, that's where I'm freezing all the time. And I'm also cheap. Now, when I was growing up, I always remember thinking or not understanding when you're a kid, why is mom not turning the heat on? I just visited my parents a few weeks ago, uh, my mom, and it, she's in Vancouver and it's not winter yet. So it's not that cold. It's, I don't know, uh, in like, it's low 70s. It's the high 70-ish maybe. Uh, for the high and then overnight it's maybe dipping down into like the high 50s or something like that so she doesn't have to heat on but she's very like thrifty and penny pinching and things like that like a lot of moms are you know um, trying to take care of the family when they're growing up right so mom never liked turning up the heat but I feel cold all the time I'm like why are we not turning up the heat and nowadays I now that I'm paying the utility bills and you know inflation all that stuff uh, electricity is not cheap so now I understand uh, and I do the same thing now where um, let's just put on an uh, put on like a thicker jacket in the house instead of cranking up the heat so that we're not you know running the bills up but anyways 
I am going to tell you all about my trip to Taiwan Pride. That will be the main topic today for this podcast. I'm going to spill all the tea. Well, most of the tea. I don't think I can tell you every single thing I did over there. Um, but I was over there for three full days. I got in there Thursday night, and then I left Monday morning. So I usually fly United, and uh, I flew United for this trip connecting in San Francisco, connected in San Francisco. And that's nice because uh, there's like a nice lounge that I, I like in San Francisco where the United Terminal is. And whenever I go there, they always have chicken, uh, very, very juicy, very flavorful, tasty chicken breasts. Most restaurants, when you get chicken, it's all dry. This airport lounge they always have chicken breast. It's always cooked the same way, and it's always very fresh and juicy. So when I go there, I eat tons of their chicken. Uh, I, I basically eat as much food as I can comfortably stomach when I go to this lounge. I feel like I need to get my money's worth out of the, the pass for this lounge. So I kind of like connecting in San Francisco sometimes for that reason. So I did that. Flew out Wednesday morning uh, from L.A. to San Francisco. Uh, had, had a ton of food at the lounge. And then I boarded the flight from San Francisco to Taipei. So this is like the uh, Trans-Pacific, the uh, long portion of the flights. I think it worked out to be 13 hours, something like that was the, uh, was the flight time. And it was an economy, but I was able to pick a exit row seat. So I was on the window on the left side of the plane, and there, there were uh, two other seats beside me. There was a middle seat and then the aisle seat. There was an uh, emergency exit door right in front of us. So... You know, we just had like a ton of lake room. And um, I got on board pretty early, um, settled down. I, I have a procedure. I have a little bag, um, little like tiny bag. That's the size of like, I don't know. It's like a three inch by three inch little bag. It came with um, like some toiletry, uh, some toiletry kit that I got before. And I call it my airplane survival kit. And it's always in the backpack that I travel with. So it's got... Um, earplugs, it's got an eye mask, it's got a little tiny travel toothbrush with a tiny little itsy tube of a travel toothpaste. I've got some melatonin, some sleeping pills in there, um, chapstick. So basic things like that where uh, if I needed to get some rest on the flight, um, just with everything in that in this one tiny bag that is small enough to fit into my pocket, I take that out of the backpack and I keep it with me at the seat. So I always have access to that stuff. This is going to be a longer flight. I was going to nap for part of it. So um, that um, that got unpacked out of my luggage and I just kind of stash it around the seat. I always have a water bottle that I fill up um, at the uh, airport before I hop onto the flight. So I have a full bottle of water. Um, I always have my iPad with me. So those are kind of the three things where once I get to my seat on the plane, and uh, before I put all my luggage away into the overhead, I will usually take those three things out so that I've got water, my iPad, oh, and also earphones. I usually put the earphones on before I even get on the plane. Uh, and then also this little airplane survival kit uh, with all that stuff in it. So I was like all settled in. Um, and then eventually um, the two people next to me arrived and then they uh, sat down and they were getting settled. And uh, the person next to me, was just figuring out the seat, and then he asked me, oh, how do you um, unfold the TV monitor? Because on the exit rows, you don't have a seat in front of you, 
So the TV monitor is not in front of you. It's actually, um, it folds away and it's kind of between the seats. You have to swing it up from the base of the seat and then it kind of clicks into place, but it's not obvious how to actually do it. It's a tiny little lever, the size of like a grain of rice that you have to press and there's like a weird way to like swing it uh, up and then there's like another weird way to like swing it back down. I travel all the time. I'm familiar with the plane, so I know all this stuff. So I just showed him like, oh, it's like this tiny little thing you press and this is how you swing it out. And then he was like, okay, oh, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And then um, as we were like, um, I think uh, getting ready, to, about to get ready to take off and everyone's boarded and everything. The two, Those two guys beside me, they both spoke Mandarin. It's a flight to Taipei. I don't really know Mandarin, but I when I hear other people speak it, I know that they're speaking Mandarin and not like Korean or Japanese, right? Um, I have my headphones on. I'm watching something on my iPad, I think, or I'm doing something. Um, and then they're kind of sort of like chatting, which is fine. I don't care. Um, and then I, I noticed that they had kind of stopped talking. And then the guy in the middle seat kind of sort of tries to initiate conversation with me. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, this is where I draw the fucking line. I'm not going to chat with you for the next 13 hours on this long ass flight. So he says something like, I forgot what he said, but he says something to like, try to break the ice to like initiate um, small talk. And my first thought in my head was like, I was doing something. So I was like a little distracted. So I wasn't like, and I had my headphones in, so I didn't hear exactly what he said, but he said English, like some kind of like lighthearted line to like kind of sort of like start conversation or something. And I don't know, I don't know exactly what I said. I didn't say anything. I think I said like, um, I just like smiled and nodded or something like that. But I was not having it. Like I'm the kind of person where I, I I'm, don't want to make small talk with you. Okay. Oh, I will make small talk with the flight attendant. So on this particular flight, actually, um, uh, I was on board pretty early. So I was like one of, I was one of the first uh, p- passengers that this particular flight attendant that was near the back emergency exit um, was saw that, you know, uh, all around me was just all empty seats. So I was one of the first passengers uh, that she saw on board. And then she said, oh, are you Mr. So-and-so? And then I'm like, yeah. Um, and she knew my name because I've got like status with United. And have you noticed lately with United, the last four flights I've boarded or four or five flights that I've boarded on my last two or so trips, they the flight attendants have gone out of their way to address me by Mr. So-and-so. Whereas before, um, they didn't know who I was. Like If they looked on their phone or iPad or their whatever thing, then they would know. Usually, if I business class or first class or something, and you have, if you fly business or first class, even if you don't have status, Usually, when a flight attendant comes by, they'll know your name anyways, because that's just what they usually do in business class or first class on pretty much every airline, uh, because usually they'll come by to uh, welcome you. They'll come by to take your meal order. Um, this is even before um, boarding ends. They'll be like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, uh, blah, 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 blah. What meal would you like? Do you want to drink before we take off? All that kind of stuff, because that's what you get in first class and business class. But most of the time when I'm flying, you know, I'm flying economy, including on this flight. And then they must have updated their training or stepped up the game. There's got to be something going on where, yeah, the last four flights, they all was like, they went out of the way to say like, oh, Mr. Blah, 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 thank you for loyalty. And I was like, oh, I've noticed that that was new. But anyways, 
she was like, oh, are you Mr. Whoever? Because I was taking that seat. So I guess she studied up where I was going to sit. And I'm like, yes. And then she was like, oh, thank you for your loyalty, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like I, I made some uh, small talk with her because you know, I've got friends that are flight attendants. And um, I have, like, I guess the appreciation that it's like not the easiest job in the world when you've got I don't know, 300 people on a plane and you're trying to serve all of them and some passengers are just like nasty. And I know that if I make small talk with her, she's not gonna try to make small talk with me for the rest of the 13 hours like I would if I started chatting with this guy that's beside me, right? He's just bored. Like he's just looking to pass time. Like I'm not here for your entertainment, okay? But the flight attendant, if I'm nice to her, she might give me like extra food or something. So I was nice to her. She's serving us like she's working the plane, you know? So I did make small talk with her, but the flight was actually pretty good. Had a lot of leg room, um, got to Taipei, everything was on time. And I booked a random hotel this time. I usually stay with the Marriott hotels. I didn't for reasons I'm not gonna bore you with, but it was, um, I went to stay close-ish to kind of where all the gay bars and stuff are, even though I didn't end up going to any of the gay bars, but, and I want to be like super far away from the action. And I want it to be close to uh, the uh, metro because they've got uh, a good metro system in Taipei. And I also want it to be close to a McDonald's, uh, which I'll, I'll get into later. So this particular hotel, it was also like a newer hotel. Here's my trick. If you want like a nicer hotel without having to pay the nicer price, you don't have to get like a super high-end hotel. Just try to look up a hotel that's newer. But the newer the hotel is, the nicer it is, even if it's like a double tree or like a Holiday Inn or whatever. As long as it's just recently renovated or like newly built in like the last three, five, you know, years or whatever, everything will be kind of new and shiny and it will feel nicer than it actually is. If you go to like a, uh, a one-year-old Holiday Inn versus like a 20-year-old Holiday Inn, the difference is like night and day. So that's what I've been doing, and that's, like, been pretty successful for me for getting, like, a nicer hotel without paying, like, the higher prices, right? I don't need to be at the W or, like, the Ritz-Carlton or whatever. I just want nicer, newer finishings. So this place um, just happened to fit the bill. Um, it's actually a nicer hotel than I thought, actually. It was, it was a really new hotel. Everything was really nice. Um, I didn't – I've forgotten – that I had booked a room that has two double beds, like two small beds instead of like one regular larger size bed um, until uh, I walked into the room and I was like, oh, did I book this? And I looked at my email. I was like, oh, I guess that's what I booked. Maybe that's all they had. And I went back to the front desk. And they unfortunately didn't have um, like a queen or king size bed. Uh, any rooms with just one single large bed. It's just rooms with two small beds. So for the whole trip, I had two beds. So I had one bed that I kind of hung out on and the other bed was like the sleeping bed. Like it was fine, I guess, but it's a little weird to have a room uh, all to myself, but there were like two beds in it. But it was a really nice room um, with a pretty decent view, not that I knew what I was looking at. It had a really nice bathroom. It was, uh, it was yeah, the bathroom that had a really nice tub and a shower. And then the water closet, which is like the toilet, was separate. And the water closet had like a separate sink for you to wash your hands. So it's like a really nice setup. Um, so the hotel was really nice. 
there was a Starbucks that was like attached to the hotel basically. And I don't know what, how I booked this thing. I booked it not in the traditional way, but usually I'm on like the Marriott website to book a Marriott chain hotel. And this was like a Hilton chain hotel. So I forgot how I booked it because it was months ago. But when I checked in, the chick said, oh, you've got um, hotel credits at the Starbucks that's attached to the hotel. And like, this is how much you have. And I don't know the conversion rates for anything. When I travel to any foreign country and they're like, oh, this is like how many pesos or how many yen or whatever. I, I have no idea what that means. And I don't know the conversion rate for anything in my head. So I have to go into Google and be like, okay, a thousand Taiwanese dollars. How much is that in US dollars, right? So she showed me like, oh, this is how much credit you have and this is how you use it. And I was like, okay, this is like meaningless numbers to me in my head. I'll look it up later. And it turns out I had $70 of um, food credit at the Starbucks to spend. And at first I'm thinking, how, oh, over three days to spend $70 at a Starbucks? Like, how much coffee can I get? Like, there's not that much coffee, right? But when I visited the Starbucks, this was a really nice Starbucks that had way more food options than any Starbucks you would get in the U.S. So they had tons of different uh, pastries and desserts and sandwiches and paninis and that kind of stuff. Um, so there was like a lot of stuff that you could eat there. And the prices for things there is not as expensive as in like the U.S. So they had this like chicken vegetable panini. I think it works out to be $3.00. Three U.S. dollars, something like that. In the U.S., if they sold that, it would be like ten or twelve dollars. So I didn't use up all the credit, but uh, it was also uh, a really nice Starbucks in the sense that uh, it was pretty large. There was a lot of seating. There were a lot of people that, a lot of college students that just went in there and were just studying or doing whatever. So a lot of locals and I guess like hotel people were hanging out there. So it's always like kind of happening it seemed like a really nice place to hang out actually like a really nice uh, starbucks nice decor and everything but like i said i wanted to find a place that was close-ish to a mcdonald's because i i secretly like eating at mcdonald's when i'm not at home when i'm traveling so it's a little bit of like a guilty pleasure if you will but i think i might have mentioned this but when i travel especially to a place that uh, to a foreign country where they don't necessarily speak English, there is comfort to me to go into like a chain restaurant or like a fast food place that um, like McDonald's where, okay, I know that is dependable and there's reliable and I can just get some food, any food without a lot of fuss. So having a Starbucks in the building and the credits, the, the McDonald's was literally next door to this place. It was literally next door. And it was like, uh, it was a pretty nice McDonald's. Um, and then they have the, um, those kiosks where you can order, which is like the best thing because one, I don't like talking to people, even if it wasn't in a foreign country. And second thing is I can just order the thing and then they just bring it out. They just read your number and then uh, you're good to go. I ate every meal at the Starbucks or at the McDonald's. And this sounds gross to a lot of people, uh, but I don't care. I, I like eating McDonald's. They have this one burger that was like um, some sort of Angus beef burger. They don't have this in the U.S. This is not the McDonald's menu is very dependent on the country that you're in. David Lamb knows this. Was David Lamb goes to McDonald's just everywhere that he goes. Um, a little bit like me. 
I don't go to the level that he does. But that this Angus beef burger that was, I'm not going to lie, it was delicious. And the way they do the uh, extra value meals over there, you can get fries and chicken nuggets both at the same time. It's just like an option. You can do both. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing both. Um, so I had McDonald's, I think, like five or six times. And one of the days, um, based on the jet lag, I got up really early. I think it was it was like Friday or Saturday morning. I forgot. I remember, I remember which day. But I couldn't, like, really go to – I couldn't sleep the full eight hours. And I just naturally got up at, like, 5 or 6 a.m. And I was just up. And I had, like, nothing to do. Nothing was really open, right? So – I was like just watching some TV, doing something in my room. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I can go get breakfast at McDonald's. And usually I'm never up when it's breakfast time at McDonald's. I was like, this is really exciting because I like breakfast at McDonald's. And it's very rare that I'm up doing the breakfast hours. They run until like 10 or 10.30 or something. So one of the mornings I went to McDonald's and got breakfast. So there you go. Okay, we're moving on from... We're moving on from uh, Starbucks and McDonald's because I don't think that's what most of you came here to uh, hear about. But um, events, parties. So I did a party super hard. Uh, I was only there for three days, and I don't need to go to every party these days anyways. But I did go to the Formosa Circuit Party. That was on Friday night. And I ran into like a bunch of people uh, throughout the night that I... Uh, some of them I knew they were going and uh, to Taipei for Pride, and some of whom I just have no idea. And there were some people that I know of those people. Like I see some people, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've seen you around at like different circuit parties, or from the U.S. or from wherever." So um, yeah, that was a it was a really fun party. It's actually pretty good. Uh, so did that on Friday night. The Asian guys there were all like very hot, like categorically, like just not hot for Asian. They were just hot. Like I, I don't really like this thing where like, oh yeah, like you're hot for an Asian guy. Oh my, that that is annoying. Like in, in Western cultures, if, if some is, is a, like some white guy or like a non Asian guy goes to an Asian guy and says, oh you're you're hot for an Asian guy, that's don't say that. <laughs> okay, don't say that to an Asian guy. Don't walk around the guy and be like, oh, you're hot for an Asian guy. It's like a slap in the face. It's, it, it's like a very backhanded compliment. Like, don't say that. So, but, but, but these guys are just hot. Yeah, most of the people that are Asian because we're in Taiwan. So, like, 95, 98% of the guys are Asian guys. But, like, they were just, the, the caliber of hotness was, like, off the charts. Seriously. So, it, it, was, a, it was a good party. Um, ran to a bunch of people that I knew, so it's good to see them. And then on Saturday morning, we went to the uh, Pride Parade. And usually, I don't do parades. You know, I don't. It's not really like my type of a thing. But uh, I had a friend that I was meeting up uh, with Saturday morning. He flew in Saturday morning from Hong Kong, and we had plans to go to the parade together. And then I found out a little later on, uh, before the parade though, uh, but I found out that. And like in the U.S. where you can't really march with the parade, if you go to a parade, pride parade in the U.S., unless you had been specifically signed up to go march, be on a float or be with a float in, you know, in some way, shape, or form, you're not marching. You are behind the uh, rails or behind the fence. Uh, you're on the sidewalk and you're observing. You're not really walking anywhere. You're just like 
standing there, and then you're just watching floats go by. So you can do that for the Taipei, uh, Taiwan uh, Pride Parade, but I've heard that it's very popular to just kind of walk with it, and they allow that. So we were uh, we got there like a little bit late, so we were near um, kind of sort of the end of it. Um, about 50 feet behind us were like the police cars that was like corralling the end of the line, uh, but it was fine, and we were in between like, we were actually walking with the foes, so they let you do that. In the U.S., I think it would have been like, a safety hazard or they would have deemed it a safety hazard i walked with the san francisco pride parade before a couple years with um uh with some companies that i was working for and we were able to like actually be with the float and there are a lot of specific rules about um what you can and cannot do when you're marching in the parade for example they said you cannot throw things into the uh, crowd um even if it's like a very soft plush toy or something like that. This is popular um, for floats to like expect companies that have a pride float in the parade for them to like give away swag for like advertising basically, right? Like a um, a rubber bracelet or like a keychain or whatever. So, but you're not allowed to throw anything, even if it's like the softest, lightest thing. They have this like no tolerance policy for that kind of stuff. So. In the U.S., that's kind of the culture, right? But with the in, in Taiwan, with that pride parade, like you can just walk with all the floats, and it was like uh, it was a pretty enjoyable time. So they have two routes: they have a north route and a south route, and um, they just they have they, they have just have two routes. I don't know why. So we just went the north route just randomly, and we were kind of like walking and kind of in between the floats, basically, or like with the floats. Um, so. It's actually a really fun time. It was overcast, um, and I, I was lucky that it wasn't raining because I was looking at the forecast a couple of days before the trip, and it said it was going to be raining Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which were like the three full days I was going to be there. But um, there wasn't that much rain when I got there. There were some days where it was cloudy, a few sprinkles here and there, but it wasn't really raining at any time when I was out and about, so that was fine. Um, yeah, so we walked through the parade. It was a really fun time. Uh, people were very enthusiastic and energetic, um, especially the people that were like on the floats. You know, it's very similar, honestly, the energy to any of the pride parades that you get in the U.S. So it's really fun time. Uh, so we walked the whole thing, uh, and then Saturday night, um, I kind of wanted to go to the Formosa Circuit Party for that Saturday night, which is kind of like the main event. It's going to be the most popular night. But by the time I had made up my mind to go to Taiwan um, like three or four months ago, they had already sold out of the tickets for Saturday night. There was a good period of time where I could have gone tickets uh, for Saturday or like or for the whole weekend uh, lineup of the of the uh, circuit parties. But I had not committed to going yet. And by the time I committed, it was too late to get those tickets. You could get tickets at the door, but... I chose to just not party that night instead of potentially waiting like an hour and a half or two hours for tickets. And after having gone on Friday, I feel like, you know what? I went on Friday. It's going to be the exact same venue. Um, it's probably going to be mostly the same people. I'm sure there's going to be more people and some new boys I haven't seen. But, you know, I, I'm not I'm not usually the type to go to a circuit party to like meet new people. And I, there wasn't like a group of friends I was traveling with. There were people I know that were going and I kind of sort of hung out with them. But I was like, I don't really want to have to wait 
in line to maybe possibly not even get a ticket. And I have to go really, really early to get the door tickets anyways. So I decided not to go, uh, save a little bit money. Um, and I actually just, I just stayed in on Saturday night. I think if I had, if I, I, I would go to um, uh, Pride in Taiwan again for sure. But I think I would want to go with like some friends, like travel with them and like, you know, stay at the same hotel together and like kind of hang out together and kind of go as a group, which is what I, um, I always do for uh, White Party Bangkok for New Year's, for example, which I'm going again this year. And, you know, we, there's a group of us that we kind of, we, we're all flying in from different places. A lot of them are living in Australia, for example, and I meet up with them, but we're staying in the same place together. We'll go to the parties together. And that is just more fun for, for a lot of the, those types of events. Um, for this one, I kind of flew there alone. Um, so I ended up deciding not to go there uh, on Saturday night, which is completely fine. On Sunday, I had uh, some collabs lined up. If you know about me, I am a professional content creator. Um, so I had some collabs lined up. Um, for those of you that know where the videos are, those videos will be up eventually. But if you know, you know. Uh, so this is collabs on Sunday. And I also want a Sunday to just be, um, just to like wind down a little bit. Really fun to do the Friday night circuit party. It's really, it was really fun to like be in the parade. And I, I knew I wasn't going to be in Taiwan for that long. You know, it's just three full days. And my flight, I needed to leave the hotel at like 6.30 uh, a.m. Monday morning. And I was more concerned about um, just beating the jet lag for coming back so that I can kind of get back to the gym and get back to like regular things once I was back here in L.A. Um so yeah, um, did some collabs on Sunday, uh, rested up a little bit, and then I was looking kind of forward to coming back. Not that I didn't have a good time there, but I think uh, the way I had planned everything, it felt it it felt I was it felt like I was doing a lot of stuff. It didn't sound like I I was doing a lot, but you know I was meeting up with like various people. Uh, I had you know. Um, friends that I met up with, the collabs, I had the events I was going to. And between all of that, I felt like, you know, it was like a good amount of fun, but I didn't have like a whole ton of downtime. It wasn't like a relaxing time. It was like a kind of sort of like a fun party type of a thing. But there was also, uh, it also felt a little bit like work. So I was kind of glad to be, uh, to take the flight home. Also, I got upgraded to business class uh, for the flight home which is really nice. I always look forward to the rare times where I get bumped up to business class. And um, I knew that um, a few days before I even flew to Taiwan, I knew that that emailed me to say, oh, for your return flight, you got bumped to business class. So that was really, really nice. The um, So that was basically Taiwan uh, in a nutshell. I definitely want to go back, but I think I would really love to spend... Two things I would do differently is I would try to... Um, go with like a group of friends, like stay together with some friends and go to the parade and go to events and go do stuff together. Uh, I would want to maybe stay one day longer, maybe two days longer, but you know, it just depends on how, how much time I have to uh, be away for. So I think those are the only two things I would change next time, but I, I would definitely want to go back eventually. Maybe not every year, but you know, whenever I can get um, some friends to travel with uh, from the U.S. or just meet me there. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, for the flight back, 
Um, again, I was trying to adjust to like the, the jet lag, uh, you know, uh, because it is quite a big time change between, you know, um, Taiwan and the West Coast in the U.S. So um, I plan to basically sleep the entire flight back. The flight back was like 11 or 12 hours. And uh, they serve you a meal um, shortly after takeoff, like a full meal. And then they serve you a breakfast uh, about like an hour, hour and a half before you land. So basically in between the meal service, you have about seven-ish hours uh, where you could sleep. And uh, because it's business class, they come and take your food order, your dinner order, um, while everyone is boarding. And I was just um, asking the flight attendant, she was super nice, um, about um, uh, the food options, blah, 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 blah. And in United Business Class, um, for the for the international flights, they have this dessert cart, and one of the signature things they have are the uh, sundays. So they have these um, sundays that are on on the cart, and they have uh, all these different toppings that you can add onto it. And I was um, looking forward to that, but I wanted to ask her. Oh, I plan on sleeping most of the flight. Can you just bring me all the food? They have this express dining option. It's on the menu. You can ask them for it. Can you just bring me everything at the beginning and then I can just go to sleep right after. And I was talking to her about that, but she said, you don't get the dessert that way because the dessert has to come on the cart um, and it's not ready to like just give to you. If you just want to do the express dining where they just bring you all, all your food all at once, you won't get the dessert that way. And I was like, well, I want the goddamn Sunday. So um, the dinner, like the main course, the appetizer, all that stuff that came and that was fine. And I remember that, but after I got home, like back in the U.S., I was like in the bathroom. I was washing my face or taking a shower or doing something. And I thought, I didn't get the Sunday. I, um, I wanted to eat the Sunday, but I ended up not getting the Sunday for some reason. I think I, I think I just went to bed before they even served the Sunday. So I was like, oh, like that was a waste. I, I, wanted, I should have just done the express dining thing where they just brought me all the food earlier all at once. But I ended up not doing the express dining and then not getting the Sunday. And then I was on my phone a little bit later and I was like, I was going to upload a photo or do a post or something. And then I saw in my photo album a photo, two photos. These are the two newest photos in my phone. The newest photo was an ice cream sundae on my tray table in my seat. The second newest photo was me taking a photo of the dessert cart. And I was thinking, I have no recollection of either of those two things happening. I did not remember at all seeing this dessert cart. I did not remember ordering or talking to anyone about, may I have the Sunday off the cart, please? Because you have to tell them what you want, but they have other types of desserts and they have like a cheese plate or other things. You have to tell them what you want when the cart comes by. And I have no recollection whatsoever of eating that Sunday. I do remember getting the um, the entree, like the main course before that. And I remember that I, what happened before I went to bed because um, you can ask for them to give you this um, uh, mattress pad thing um, when you convert your bed into, for your seat into a bed. Um, it comes with like blankets and stuff and a pillow. But if you want, you can ask a flight attendant for like a, a mattress pad pad to put onto the seat to make it more comfortable and I remember having that conversation and I remember putting the bed down 
And I remember like getting into bed and getting ready to go to bed like or getting ready to go to sleep. Yeah, so I remember everything that was before the dessert. I remember everything that was after the dessert. And I'm like, there's no way I would have not remembered eating dessert. I'm thinking, what could it be? And I think this is what happened. I took some melatonin and I took um, some sleeping pills, like over-the-counter sleeping pills, like um, the Benadryl or something or whatever you call it. I took that before, right before the meal service because that's what I usually do um, if I have to sleep on a plane is before the meal starts, um, I'll take a sleeping pill uh, to make myself sleepy. And by the time the meal is over um, in like 30 or 45 minutes, I'll be sleepy like the pills will kick in and then I just go to bed. So the only reason I can think of for just having zero, absolutely zero recollection of the dessert portion of the fight, which I was looking forward to, was maybe it's like a side effect of like the sleeping pill that like, I don't know, it, yeah, I don't know. But it's so weird that I don't remember the dessert. I remember what it was, before. I remember the entree. I remember, I remember even like putting the olive oil onto the salad. I remember like they have this like cold, uh, thin sliced beef, um, like second entree thing. That was good. I remember um, the steak that I got was was really delicious. I even remember putting the butter onto the bread. I remember everything about the entree. And I remember making the bed because I remember I was putting the comforter down thinking that was like maybe the mattress pad and then kind of sort of looking around for a flight attendant and asking them, oh, um, is there a mattress pad? Uh, do you guys still have the mattress pad to uh, on request like you usually do in the business class on flights before? And she said, yeah, I'll get you one. So I remember everything before the dessert and everything after the dessert. And I don't remember the dessert. And this Sunday is, it's a very good Sunday. And usually the Sundays you get in United Business Class, it's like a little too cold because they, it's like frozen when they load it onto the plane. And usually it's still mostly flows, uh, mostly frozen when they serve it to you. So one of two things happen. You remember how rock hard it is when you're eating it, or you remember how, oh, it's not rock hard. So like it's a very memorable experience, but it's usually too icy, it's rock hard, or you're su pleasantly surprised that it's not as rock hard and icy as it usually is. I remember neither of those things. I have no idea what I ordered for the toppings, except I have this photo to prove that I think I got almost everything on it. So it was really weird. So I'm chalking up to a side effect of these over-the-counter Benadryls. Maybe it was like a little expired and I didn't notice and has like some weird memory loss thing. But I did sleep pretty well though on the flight. And then when I got back, um, yeah, uh, I kind of sort of beat the jet lag uh, pretty successfully. Um, so the sleeping pills worked, except you guys got to watch those side effects, I guess. So, yeah, that's my trip report for Taipei Pride. What are the travel that I've got coming up? I've got um, a day trip to San Francisco to take care of, like, a thing. It's not, like, for fun or parties or anything. Uh, I'm going to go back to Vancouver one more time because mom's birthday is in December. Um, so I'll go visit for mom's birthday. And I've got a friend who's turning 40 and he lives in Austin and he's making a thing of it. That's also in December. And then before you know it, it, it New Year's, the New Year's going to come up 
super fast. It's just going to creep up on us. Uh, for New Year's Eve, like I said, we're going to go to uh, Bangkok again for white party like we do every single year. But yeah, the yeah, it's just crazy how it's almost the end of the year. Um, yeah, so a few more trips to go and just a couple more months left in 2023. So quick reminder, as always, the video version of the podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Just Joey T, and also on Spotify. I'm wearing a zip-up hoodie that I don't usually wear. I don't think I've ever worn this out of the house. It's very, very comfortable. Um, so if you want to know what I'm wearing for, I, I'm, I was at the gym today, but I didn't do my hair. But like I said last time, I'm too lazy. So yeah, I'm wearing a hat and I'm wearing this pink, very nice pink. It's just like, it's not silk. It's like polyester. It feels a little like silk. But yeah, if you're watching the version, video version of this podcast, then you know what I wear every time I record an episode. But until next time, bye.